Welcome to HSBC Build and Grow, a series that focuses on managing finance for business continuity. As financials takes center stage in business continuity conversations, your story together with HSBC is proud to present this series, featuring some of the finest minds in the ecosystem to help businesses leverage the financial ingenuity, perspective and insights from these experts to power their own journey their own continent. Rajat, thank you uh, for joining us today. We're talking in a very unprecedented world, unprecedented time. Uh, I just want to understand from you, uh, you know, you're heading the commercial banking at HSBC. Tell us to all the viewers also, what are you seeing in the commercial banking space? What do you see as the scope, the value and the new emerging trends in the commercial banking space? It's really a growth segment for us in uh, in India, and uh, so, so the key thing to take away for for the Indian commercial bank is that it's a growth vehicle for for the bank in India and for the bank globally, and it's been a growth vehicle now for a decade or more, mm. uh, and uh, that's how I see the Indian market as well. That is what excites us about this market, which is that uh, you know we get to uh, meet a wide set of companies whose agenda is to uh, is to grow they are optimistic they uh, they want to invest and they want to learn so really it, it is an exciting space it's a space that makes you feel that uh, you know you, you're doing something productive as a banker you're not just uh, another you know you you have some more purpose uh, than uh, uh, you know than meets the eyes i see the role that a banker has to play in uh, in several ways, obviously, the first is uh, the most obvious one for HSBC is when a client wants to go international because uh, uh, you know that there you need somebody to hold your hand and take you through uh, the regulations. I mean, just imagine somebody coming to India; they need to know what what regulations are required to open, what approvals are required, and banks can help. Uh, I see uh, us uh, and, and other commercial banks being very important in. Uh, you know, liquidity and credit support, of course, uh, that goes without saying that uh, the core banks are lenders and uh, it's the most unfashionable part of banking, but it's the, uh, it's the most important uh, function of a bank. Uh, and of course, uh, the third function is really to uh, oil the wheels of transaction banking. So trade finance, uh, cash management, both of these sit at the heart of HSBC. So we are the largest trade financing bank in the world. Uh, and and we move a very significant percentage of global trade, and uh, and in India as well. That's our focus. So really, helping clients, uh, you know, be more efficient with their uh, working capital cycle to be able to move their money, cite their money, etc. It, it, it sounds again a little boring, but it's quite important uh, for teams <laughs> and and CFOs across. So yeah, so I see as India as India grows and as Indian uh, companies grow. Uh, uh, I see the scope for commercial banking uh, as uh, as a growth uh, and, and as an important support vehicle for them. Yeah. Rajat, uh, 
what do you have to say about the recovery right now because you know there's there are so many discussions happening and uh, there is this whole emphasis by the prime minister on you know the economic revival we are talking about atmanirbhar there's so many things happening and and there's so many conversations on how the economy uh, will recover uh, post the lockdown just want to get an understanding from you what is your perspective what are some of the things that you are seeing are you seeing early signs of recovery or it's too early yeah. to say no i'll i'll give you my view so i won't give you the economist view there's enough of that available and uh, uh, you know mm. by and large the economist view that uh, maybe i'll spend 60 seconds on it is that uh, you'll have the next 6 or 9 months of uh, of a dip some uh, between 7 to 10% depending on what your view is on many sectors and then you will see a recovery into uh, into the next fiscal year uh, so that's the broad uh, view that uh, that we hold uh, Uh, on you know at, at a macro level but i'll tell you a little more about what i've been experiencing over the last several months uh, we've made an extra effort actually to go and reach out to customers during this period of time what i found is that it's actually easier to meet more customers now than it ever was <laughs> uh, and uh, i don't know whether this will change things permanently but at least for now it's working so it seems to me that uh, uh, firstly the recovery is very sectoral you can almost very simply take a pen and paper and say these these guys without even looking at the companies saying these are the sectors who are doing well and these are the sectors who are unlikely to have done well and you then if you go and dig down in the companies in those sectors you'd find that you were pretty much right uh so uh so there is recovery uh, in fact some sectors never really had a problem anything to do with uh, i'm stating the obvious but anything to do with uh, non discretionary consumption uh did well through covid perhaps did even better uh because people wanted to uh, make sure stock up etc etc yeah uh, that that's obvious but what's not obvious is that uh people have resilience and they've tried to get back uh and let let me give you some uh, uh examples or anecdotes of what i've seen let's go rural first so if you look at microfinance companies uh they went down to well almost zero collections or very low collections in the month of april and may uh and may started looking looking better and june is much better and july is uh, you know gets back to about 75 to 80% of collections okay what that means is translated that seven or eight out of 10 people who had borrowed and this is the bottom of the pyramid right mm. really people who uh, you know rural women are confident enough they may have always had the resources to repay they're confident enough to start repaying and make sure that their credit history is good uh and uh, and so on so it shows two things the first is that you know you have 80 85% of people now feeling more confident having more resources but it also shows that that last 15 or 20% is a problem uh and you can't wish it away because there is a real genuine problem in uh, income generation and yeah. uh, that that is stickier so the bounce back that you saw between may and june uh was let's say for i mean i'm taking random numbers but let's say it was 40 to 70 then the bounce back between june and july was 70 to 75 and uh, maybe now it's going to stay somewhere around this level for a period of time uh, i think the other thing that we are seeing in very large companies which have uh, good promoters good business models were doing well before the crisis uh, some of the larger companies have have been able to raise equity have been able to yeah. uh, um you know 
preserve capital or find some other means of capital, take more borrowing. So, uh, so I've talked about two extremes. So the microfinance people where I see uh, pretty strong recovery, but I see some portion of stickiness there. Uh, or, uh, but at the other end on the, on the very large, very, uh, you know, strong corporates, they've uh, buffered up. They've buffered up through equity, through debt, uh, to take them well past this crisis. And in some ways, they will return some of that debt in the coming months or, uh, or year. But the, 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 the greater story is actually in between. So if you see many, many, many sectors that I speak with, so let's take yeah. um, chemicals, for instance, right? It's doing really well now because people have started coming back to work and uh, there's enough demand because chemicals goes into everything we consume, uh, right? Yeah. Uh, from pharmaceuticals to packaging to any, almost everything. Uh, so that's doing well. You, you look at retail, right? Which was very badly hurt. Mm. Now that's coming back and uh, tenants are saying, okay, we won't pay you the full amount during lockdown, but we'll pay you 50%, 60%, et cetera. So they too are seeing some signs of revival. So the way that I'd like to sum this up for you uh, is that uh, I see I see that a lot of the recoveries already happened. It's borne out by GST numbers coming back to 90% of normal, uh, et cetera. So, but I see that the last 10 or 15% is always going to be the most difficult one to budge. And uh, that is uh, a little more challenging. And what that needs is uh, more, more time uh, and some amount of uh, more broad spread economic recovery. You know, but this is very heartening. No? What you are saying is very encouraging because right now, as you say, there's so many economists who are just writing off the growth, the India story, right? Like the numbers and, and, and the recovery yeah. is going to be very slow, but you're saying that you're seeing recovery. And then I guess at least in startup ecosystem, we are seeing uh, investments and uh, investments taking place. So yeah, yeah. Rajat, but I can't not ask you about loan moratoriums because uh, that's like in all the papers and then people are saying that there's going to be you know now the bleeding will become begin when people will not be able to pay how are you yeah. looking at it and do you have any kind of a rejig rejigging for your uh, loyal customers how are you looking at the whole thing the guidelines for loan moratoriums are uh, to my mind fairly clear it's good if it's executed well right i mean uh, the the law the practice is fine you need banks to come together and make sure that they are aligned for the good of the company and for the good of that asset. So I, I think it's the, the step is a really, I actually am happy that it's done. Okay. I feel that there was really no other choice. Uh, the choice was really that you extend moratoriums further or you extend the size of the government guarantee scheme or whatever, because look, mm -hmm. this is not an India problem. This is a global problem. If you look at the kind of support that the US has given or Singapore has given or uh, there's the pay protection, there's a, you know, investment plan in Germany, if you want to do CapEx, if you want yeah. to recast your loans. I mean, the question is, uh, I, I'm not even sure that there was any other alternative. I mean, it, the form of support can vary. Okay. Uh, you could do government guarantees, you could do pay protections, you know, whatever, because we are more or less uh, not a fully organized economy, unlike the West. Uh, you can't really do just pay protection, for instance. You have to do broader means, uh, which is what this is. Now, the usage of this has to be done responsibly, but I, I'm glad that it's giving us uh, breathing time. 
And you know, the, I would say to to the viewers here is that these times, uh, you know, India is not the problem. It is. It is. There have been cases where, or in the past, we've been uh, a sole country with very, uh, you know, with very high level of bad debt. But this is a case where every country has stepped forth, and so does the Indian government need to do so, or the Indian banking system needs to do so. So this, you need breathing time during. This is like oxygen. Okay, uh, at this point in time when the patient needs to survive, you don't start thinking of the ill effects or you need the medicine which, uh, which uh, keeps you uh, healthy and uh, ready to fight the next battle. You need to buy time. Yeah. And we need to be brave enough to accept that in such a situation, you need to buy time. There is really no other option. So I'm a, I'm a supporter of the moratorium. I'm also happy that, uh, or not, of the, not of the moratorium, moratorium is now over by the end of this month, but of the restructuring plan that is coming. I also feel that the government guarantee scheme, which is uh, more targeted at mid-sized or smaller companies, uh, I think about a lack of crore got drawn down in that by the beginning of August. Now uh, they've changed the definition, uh, including slightly larger companies. So I do think that's also going to get taken up. So I think that too was a necessary scheme. Um, if anything, I would say that the scheme needs to be extended uh, yeah. and it needs to be more off. Um, and you know, these are, we get taken in by the few frauds that happen or by the few promoters who come in the papers as having cheated banks or whatever, but there are hundreds and hundreds of legitimate businesses who are surviving and who are trying to pay their people and who are trying to run their factories. And if at this point you, uh, lose the little bit of, you know, you start, uh, I, I mean, I'm not justifying bad behavior, of course not. But to punish them, the mass for the fault of a few is not fair. Yeah. Uh, you, you need to be able to support uh, uh, good companies here. Yeah, you know, this will resonate what you're saying with all the businesses, small, medium, startups, yeah. like, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. That's so, so true. Yeah. I hope this gets broadcasted and the decision makers are looked at this. Uh, you know, you talked about... Uh, uh, that few sh that many should not be uh, uh, you know judged for the mistakes of few and that brings me to the question of SMEs like small and medium businesses and and, and startups and 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 you know the whole discussion around MSMEs we keep on saying that they are backbone of any economy and and our economy what do you have to say about uh, the recovery what should be done in the msme space and more so how do you look at the lending because a lot of them will require uh, money capital the first view that i'd have is that in uh, to lend to msmes the one sector which needs some sort of help is the uh, nbfc sector now i'm a banker so i perhaps shouldn't be saying that but i think uh, <laughs> despite the problems of the nbfc sector they serve a purpose yeah. Uh, almost a quarter or a little more than a quarter of all incremental lending in the last few years was done by NBFCs. And that's because they're faster, they're quicker to reach, uh, they're perhaps quicker to take decisions as well uh, than the rest of the banking system on an aggregate basis. I, it's not a comment on a particular bank. So I think uh, some effort needs to be uh, given to recognize the role that NBFCs, sure, there are some NBFCs. Again, coming back to the same point, there's some NBFCs who perhaps haven't lived up uh, to what they should have. But again, that doesn't mean that the others are not, uh, they don't serve a purpose. I think they, the last mile financing purpose, the small loans, the quickness, the efficiency, uh, the ability to take uh, 
you know, small loans without the cost of delivering those, that loan uh, is important. So you, you need some support for that sector uh, through capital markets, through banks, et cetera. People need to uh, recognize the role that they played. So that's one, that's the first thing I'd, uh, and this problem is pre-COVID, right? The NBFC sector had, was struggling through, uh, you know, several uh, problems due to two or three NBFCs over the last 18 months, I would say, uh, not just COVID. So it, yeah. uh, even prior to COVID, I, I'm, I, I would have, I, I have said that, look, you need to support the sector and the good companies there as banks, and, and we're doing whatever we could as well. Uh, the the other thing, of course, is that uh, you know I'd, this is a time where uh, both banks and companies are remembered by their actions, right? So when yeah. this is done and dusted, as it will be, let's say, uh, you know, a year from now or six months from now, whatever it takes for this to get get in control, people will see, okay, uh, which companies uh, ran well, which companies paid their debt which promoters brought in their own capital, which banks lent, which banks didn't, uh, who reached out to us, who didn't, et cetera, et cetera. These memories will stay and will form, uh, you know, the, the environment and the uh, sentiment for a very long period of time. So, so my, you know, my suggestion to companies here would be that, uh, you know, put in your best here uh, in all forms, because this, this is investment for the future. This, how, you know, whatever happens in the next six or nine months, uh, may inform how people look at you for uh, maybe the next decade or so. So it's really important that companies uh, think of, well, first and foremost, they should think of their cash flow because uh, the cash is the oxygen. Uh, you know, it keeps you, uh, keeps you functioning through the next six or nine months or 12 months or whatever we have. Uh, and then they should, uh, you know, do all efforts to try to, uh, uh, you know, keep running and keep investing and be optimistic during this period. So uh, I, I think for uh, SMEs, the government scheme, definitely I would encourage people to look at that. If they need the capital and uh, they want to raise more money, I think you'd find that uh, there's enough support around available in that and a lot of people have taken. And I think banks have a responsibility in reaching out and talking and educating their clients as well about this. So overall, I'm yeah. reasonably optimistic that uh, uh, that you know, people will come out well, and our own client, SME clients, said who I speak with. I mean, it's inspirational actually to talk to them because uh, a few of them I spoke to last week in a in a group, and uh, they were they were thinking of one one customer was thinking of investing, and they were they wanted to take a loan for it. Uh, you know, other customers were, uh, you know, they they initially struggled with labor who had gone back and migrated, and but now had come back. So their main thing was, okay, how do we make sure that, uh, you know, the labor force is taken care of and that they're motivated. So, yeah, I mean, you know, quite a lot of good stories, which, uh, which at least anecdotally, if, if not by data, gives me a lot of encouragement. Yeah. And of course, the great Indian resilience should come handy right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The, Rajat, I want to understand from you uh, on the role you, your bank, HSBC is playing when it comes to supporting, working, and uh, you know, enabling startups in India. Because, uh, as I said, this government is extremely invested, and and then they believe that the growth engine 
of tomorrow of the economy a pivotal role has to be played by startups and 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 then today i don't know if you followed last week there was this huge announcement by ju investing 300 million dollars of cash invite had junior i just spoke to him today uh, there is a lot of momentum uh, uh, and 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 there are a lot of things happening but still i feel startups need a lot of support a lot of uh, 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 you know right yeah. partners and just want to get a sense how are you looking at it how is your bank looking at it and what are you doing i think our thinking too is developing uh if i were to be brutally honest and tell you what uh, where we are in that journey i don't think i uh, i could put my hand on heart and say yes we are we are there and uh, but we are we are we it is a segment that uh, cannot be ignored right <laughs> the, the reason for that is uh, not just the business potential of that segment which is a reason uh, mm-hmm. not just uh, the fact that you know startups which are uh, which start uh, you know now could be very big uh, and would need a lot of services well it doesn't take a lifetime we've been around for 150 years as a bank but uh, you know you could have a unicorn in a very short period of time yeah in 3 years time yeah yeah in 3 years time exactly so uh, so really the business potential is one of them but uh, we see a few uh, we decided first a couple of years back to invest in uh, understanding right because uh, we don't uh, we are more broad based right as a bank uh, like, like you, your your understanding of the sector we would not have to begin with right because of the the fact that we are more generalized as a as a house and we're doing we are we are a full service bank looking at about 15 different things or 20 different products so so therefore we thought that specialization would be a good way to start off so we set up a startup team uh, uh, which uh, prakash i think you and uh, in in our business as sme vertical and we said that look uh, why don't you do nothing but startups uh, why don't you try to understand the ecosystem and see how we can assist them grow and build our business. So I think that's the first thing we did. The second thing that we did was that we said okay we saw a few common themes with some startups. Again this may not be relevant for a lot of startups but uh, we we found that they uh, were either expanding overseas or they were getting money from overseas or something you know so yeah. that was a uh, that was a natural kind of partnership for us. because uh, there's no other bank who's full fledged in you know nearly 60 countries in the world right so uh, so our network kind of uh, was an obvious one to uh, help these uh, companies with so that became a, a a starting not a starting point but a conversation with some companies who needed that yeah. i think uh, then of course we uh, the third thing that we made a lot of investment in is and we are continuing to make that investment is that to bank startups you need a different type of approach and platform right uh, so some some of the banks who've done really well with some of the indian banks the local private banks who've done really well with startups the, the reason why they've done well is that they've invested in customizing technology so they see okay a startup is on platform is on some sort of a saas platform platform a or platform b how do you integrate with that so that it's easier for them to reconcile their payments because if you're a let's say you're an aggregator in the b2c space you can't you have to make sure that you have automated and digital solutions to manage your cash flow and to manage your reporting and to manage your reconciliation etc etc 
or your sales invoicing or whatever it is. Uh, so we've invested quite a lot in uh, technology in trying to understand, uh, you know, to build uh, bridges with uh, through APIs or through our own uh, proprietary platform or through our own digital banking platform. Uh, and that's a big investment because startups do not want to issue checks. They don't want physical, uh, you know, uh, infrastructure in any case. So uh, we, we are at a stage where, uh, uh, you know, I, we think that uh, our investment is, uh, is now top of the line and uh, is, uh, you know, customizable to a really, uh, you know, to a decent degree. So I think that's the third thing that we've done for startups. And obviously, uh, the, the probably another question is really uh, on financing startups. And I think uh, we've made some starts there in, uh, in a few startups. But yeah, sure. I think we are going to find our feet through a period of time there. Having said that, what we are planning to do is really, uh, because we're not, we're not a proprietary equity investor, right? So we did have a proprietary equity piece earlier. So uh, therefore, we, when we look at it through the debt lens, then uh, my approach and our approach is largely going to be through uh, either uh, vendor cards, uh, you know, which, which allow uh, liquidity, which basically provide liquidity. Yeah. or to uh, cash flow financing where we can get our heads around okay this is the this is the cycle can we use that cycle or the third thing is uh, if if the startups are vendors to larger platforms then isn't this an obvious way of trying to uh, you know it mitigates the risk of repayment from us from yeah. a company which may not have uh, you know which which uh, you know wouldn't fit in the normal credit parameters, then do we can we use who they are selling to? Yeah. Right. Can can we use that credit risk? So if they're selling yeah. to a large aggregating platform or multinational aggregating platform, then can we use that to mitigate our risk and can we finance that? So we call it supply chain financing, and that's a massive initiative. I mean, I'm really bullish on it because ultimately, you know, there is. Risk is risk. Yeah, it doesn't matter how you uh, how you couch it and in what word you build it. But if you can, you know, if if the risk is actually mitigated because of the structure, uh, then uh, then you know you you have a real scalable way of financing startups, right? Really scalable way, not just bespoke ad hoc decisions. And I think the last thing, of course, at which I should mention is what we call receivables factoring. Uh, again, not trying to get into jargon, but essentially there is a move to try to get insurance insurance back financing uh, in receivable fa uh, financing. That I think is a game changing step as and when it happens. It's still under discussion. Uh, so if you get an insurance backed kind of uh, financing structure for your receivables or your payables, uh, then uh, scalability comes in. See, the main thing that we are trying to see is do you have models to scalable to make this scalable as opposed to ad hoc decisions that you do on a judgmental basis so i think we are kind of as a, as an industry and as a market i think we're kind of almost getting there and we have the benefit of seeing some of the western economies having done this like uh, you know yeah. rf insurance backed rf financing is quite common in most of most of the developed world so i think we are going to get there you know, this answer is my story. <laughs> because, 
this is the best answer I've found because you know the different two things I'm picking from here, Rajat, what you're saying is that the different ways of financing, not just the standard way uh, where you leverage the growth and the scale which the startup is uh, uh, the journey that they're making and how yeah. do you partner in an intrinsic way and not doing it as one off but in a structured manner so that you can do it for a lot of startups for a lot of exactly. companies yeah yeah exactly yeah. i think exactly that that's the objective and i you know we are yeah. getting there but uh, and you need the infrastructure of the country to support it the laws, etc., to support. Yeah. I think yeah, yeah. I think the the fact that uh, this is now quite advanced, uh, and it uh, you know in some of these initiatives that I've sp spoken about, for example, Treads is started in a relatively small way, uh, insurance back financing or GST invoice financing, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You you have to make this scalable uh, because the moment you make this judgmental one-off, it's not going to you know it it, it won't necessarily serve the purpose of the many it may serve the purpose of the few yeah yeah you know but this also gets me to ask you this question that uh, you know when hsbc the name hsbc and i've spoken to some of your colleagues about this also suddenly you know makes one think that <laughs> like, uh, you know, because all the big companies uh, would be working with HSBC, which, you know, or you would have need certain amount of capital. Just just want you to tell us and you're heading the commercial banking. So, you know, just from a startup and very, very early stage perspective, do you have any size that SA company or it's like anyone can bank no, with HSBC? No, no, no. So, I, I don't, yeah, so the impression is probably well formed because we're largely a wholesale bank in the country, right? Dealing with large corporate. What I would say is that uh, if you look at our track record in several other countries, which is like the UK, like Hong Kong, like Canada, like even the US, you, you would see that the dealing with uh, mid-sized and large, uh, large corporates is important, but dealing with SMEs has been equally fundamental to the success of our business in those, uh, in those markets. Uh, and... Uh, you know, when you, uh, and this, you, I think you said that this is a fast growing sector. There's a lot of, you know, it drives India's growth. It does. I mean, India today has some very large companies who are absolutely world-class and world-sized. Then you have uh, a middle block of companies, mid-market companies, which is actually quite thin uh, relative to, let's say, the middle strand in Germany or somewhere yeah. else. It's actually quite thin. Then you have this massive base of SMEs or business banking, what we call business banking clients. So ultimately, the goal of the country and of banks has to be to grow with this set of companies who will become, uh, you know, this middle strand uh, going forward. I hope I pronounced it correctly. Apologies if I yeah. haven't, but, but you know what I mean. So I think there is, uh, I think there is a lot of uh, uh, value. Uh, so it's not just a philosophical exercise it's a business exercise with uh, where we we believe we have a purpose and where we believe we have a business model to work with so yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm uh, you know it's doing very well for us for the last couple of years and uh, we're actually quite encouraged by the quality of companies and uh, the quality of uh, discussions we have and uh, no it's it's some phenomenal stories we hear uh, so it's uh, quite inspirational i would say yeah okay good so so all the companies of any size 
are you know yeah so they can bank with hsbc absolutely absolutely 100% okay so now we are in uh, uh, money matter so tell me rajat what has money meant to you personally you've been a banker you've dealt with money all your life what does it mean oh to you personally oh god i don't know what to say uh no money uh, you know i think uh, so for me uh, coming from uh, you know traditional middle class background i think money the first and foremost thing for for me is money means uh, security safety uh, you know providing uh, you know the the nest concept right providing for yeah. the future etc etc i think that's uh, I, I would say that's a very large percentage of what money means for me. <laughs> Beyond the point, it's you know you take care of that, and then you say, okay, what else does it mean for me? I I don't know. I I, I don't know the answer to that, Shada. I don't know. <laughs> I think I I'm yet to find out the answer to that, to be honest. Uh, but uh, yeah, no. But I think uh, what it should mean is that when you're able to, and I'm perhaps gra grappling with this thought as I speak, is that uh what it means is uh you know after you've kind of you feel comfortable with uh with security or that angle or the the low rung of maslow's hierarchy taken care of uh what you say is that uh what do i do with it can i can i use money to uh to build something more constructive or to uh you know to use it effectively i still yeah. don't have a ready answer for you but i think that should be the goal and i uh, you know what i hear from uh, startups is that that's what they've done they've taken personal risk uh, they've taken uh, they put their own money where they needed to sometimes not even taking care of their own you know money financial security so yeah so at some level uh, i think a lot of us on this call uh, feel apprehensive about doing that and at another level we feel inspired about doing that as well so <laughs> Wow, that's a brilliant answer. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you uh, so much. And that's why you are a banker, right? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, you will also be doing a startup. And we need bankers where we can trust and, you know, who have to be apprehensive a little bit about the money. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Thank you, Rajat. It's wonderful talking to you. Genuinely, very good talking to you. Yeah. Likewise, Shraddha. Very, I enjoyed the talk. You, you, thank you. Very thing, and thank you so much for sharing the time. It's been uh, it's been a great association, and uh, you know, appreciate everything you and the team have done. Thank you.